You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608 608- Five zero one zero seven one eight. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Uh, we do have a new caller today. If I can get this pop up out of my face, so why don't we get started with that new caller? What's going on? Hey, just uh, this is Kyle from Virginia. Just wanted to call about hey. the game. A few points, real quick. In the middle of the offensive line, I mean, it's beyond pathetic. Yes. Uh, they just need to make wholesale changes. I mean, I'd almost have to move Tom to center. Put Ryan at right guard and left guard. You know, hopefully we can get Elton Jenkins back by the Raiders game and just put Yash at right tackle. I would just worry we're going backwards too much. Um, I mean, if we move Tom, maybe the left guard spot gets better. So then we would have a bad left tackle in Walker. Um, hopefully a decent left guard, but I don't know how good Tom would be at guard. Center is a disaster. Sean Ryan at right guard, I'm assuming, is a disaster. I mean, you know, I, I know Runyon's been struggling, but if Sean Ryan can't even replace Royce Newman, I'm thinking he's terrible. And then we put Yash at right tackle, which is a massive downgrade there. We're looking at, a, at an offensive line that maybe has one good left guard. Um, Which, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I mean, Zach Thomas, regardless of where you put him, he might be our only good offensive lineman. And that's a little unfair, but that's just what it's been this year. I mean, Josh Myers should be a good pass blocker. That's what he's been. John Runyon has always been a good pass blocker. That's what he's... And, and to be fair, that's what they've been all year. So part of me doesn't want to blow this up just because of one bad game. The first three weeks, this has been one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in football. So, you know, completely blowing it up where we remove the entire right side of the offensive line, I don't know if I want to do that. I want to keep um, from center to the right the same. I don't know what is going on with the guys on the left side. I mean, we Royce is... is I mean, it's just bad. I, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know how you can get off to such a good start. And, um, I mean, he was never elite, I mean, aside from the preseason, but that obviously doesn't mean anything. But, I mean, he did a decent job. He played as a starter all year. He wasn't this bad. And then he just completely fell off a cliff. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. It's it's a pretty bad situation. And then, um, unfortunately, Rasheed Walker was is just another example of getting too hyped in the preseason about something and assuming that that means that it's just going to carry over, and it's just not. Um but I mean, but even he has had good outings, you know. So I, I would sooner chalk this up as just one of those games where your team didn't show up, which is unfortunate because you kind of hoped that you wouldn't see these type types of games with this, uh, you know, quote unquote new culture. You know that that they would show up ready to play and they'd be motivated and they'd have all this stuff, and yet it persists an implosion game. And to be fair, the week before was basically an implosion game until the fourth quarter. 
So I don't know. I don't know what, what is going on. Um, but I just, I wouldn't overreact. It reminds me, of, you know, like I said, this is my, my son's first year playing fantasy football and he wants to make holes. He wants to completely overturn his roster every single week. Like <laughs> he had Kadarius Tony on his team that first week when he dropped like seven passes and he wanted to cut him before the game was even over. I'm like, well, no, I mean, you, you don't, I don't even know if you can, but you don't cut them now because if you drop them, then you just lose those points. He's like, I don't care. I want to drive. It's like, no, just chill. And then Kadarius ended up getting a, b- a bunch of points next week. I convinced him not to to do that. But, and, but, but, I mean, it is a good parallel too because if you, in fantasy football, especially in, I think we have like a 14-team league, if you think you're going to find somebody just sitting out there in free agency that's going to be better than the guys you have, you're, you're, you're sorely mistaken. So, you know... I think it's just one of those week to week things change. One week, you know, you got I don't even know who uh, you got Romeo Dobbs on your house. It's the only name I can think of for some reason. He's been consistently good every week, but one week he goes off in fantasy football, and the next week he puts up two. You don't cut Romeo Dobbs, and and you don't necessarily put him on your bench for some random guy that had twenty five points that's never been good at anything. You know, it's just just accept it. And you just keep playing him, and you just trust that, no, I know that he's a better player than this, and I'm not going to, you know, stop playing him just because of one week being bad and I'm mad at him. Now, with that said, moving into next year, offensive line is a big priority. Because even if these guys show up once in a while and kind of show something, sort of, kind of sometimes, you know, this this is BS, man. You know, and I'm I, again, I'm I'm more frustrated with Josh Myers and John Runyon than I am Royce Newman and Rasheed Walker because those guys aren't supposed to be starters. Myers and Runyon are supposed to be the guys that are holding it down. They're supposed to be the reason why we have a really solid offensive line and why maybe we just need a left tackle and we're set. We got Elton, we got Myers, we got Runyon, we got Tom, we're good. And Myers and Runyon this year are just like, meh, not feeling it so much. So now it feels like we need wholesale changes on the offensive line. Anyways, uh, here, you know, don't blame Quay for, you know, the stupid penalty, whatever, whatever, just being dumb again. And everybody's saying, oh, he's so great, made so many tackles. Well, he's making so many tackles because he's just letting these running backs leak out, just picking them up. I mean, he's just, you know, padding his numbers. I mean, he's not making any plays. He's guessing into the wrong gaps. I mean, he's just collecting tackles because our defensive line is so pathetic that they can't even stop anybody at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, you know, there is, there is a very large element of truth that I, I talked about that before. Tackles are a stupid stat. They really are. I mean, I'm sure there's some benefit to you being the one that's getting most of the tackles, but remember what I showed you before about, um, well, there's two different things. Number one, Quay had broken like the record for most tackles in that game where we couldn't stop the Falcons. Well, that's because they ran the ball like 700 times. It's not a positive. It's a negative. And then the other thing was, I think it was Detroit, the guy that led in tackles or had like the second most tackles on the team was a corner. Why? Because he was targeted a billion times. So a billion people caught passes on him and then he brought him down. It's, so it's not a positive. It can be positive. It can be negative. It's, it's a useless stat in and of itself. And so, yeah, I mean, look, Quay does deserve to be criticized for making that stupid mistake. Does he deserve to be blamed for the whole loss? No, but... You know, we can't take it too far and people are coming to his defense and saying, oh, he had a great game just aside from one play. Well, no, he didn't. He was the ninth highest graded guy on our defense with a 58 grade. 55 run defense, 54 pass rush, 63 uh, coverage. He, he, it wasn't a good day. And, and last week, he was the lowest graded player on our entire defense. I'm not trying to just outright trash the guy. I think two weeks ago, he graded out well. He's done good things. He had the pick six, all that stuff. He has the ability... But we got to freaking tighten it up a little bit, for sure. Love, love, you know, didn't help it anything. But, you know, he just didn't have the time. And, I mean, sure, you've got to make something happen. But, you know, when you just have no running game to fall back on, it's pretty tough to make stuff happen. Uh, anyways, I mean, yep. hopefully the defense can get stuff together. they got to fix that offensive line. I mean, to me, the game plan in the offensive line was just – Beyond pathetic. I mean, I'm I'm sick of Runyon. I'm tired. You know, they just need to let him go at the end of the year. I mean, if some other team offers him a decent contract, just let him walk. You know, and like I said, they might have to put Tom at center just to salvage the rest of the season. Now, Tom's going to be the long-term starter at right tackle, but I mean, Myers. It's just I've seen enough. 
I've seen enough. But uh, hopefully they'll get this mini buy and get get this shit together because, man, that was just, you know, it's just sad just to get kicked again by the Lions for, what is that, the fourth time in a row? Anyways, pre- appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Love the show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bad because, you know, and again, the fan base moves at lightning speed, and I am the exact opposite. I'm, I'm not that way. So I'm not out on Runyon at all. Now, he's certainly on the you need to pick it up or you're going to lose your job list. But here's the problem. If we, if we don't have faith in these guys, so Royce is gone, Runyon's gone, Myers is gone, Bakhtiari's gone, we, as of last week, had the top two offensive line in football. We can't just have one bad day mean we just fire everybody and now we have nothing. John Runyon has given up one sack, two hits, and four hurries. One sack, one hit, and three hurries of that came in this last game. He had a bad day. The fact of the matter is he had two games last year that were worse than this, and he still ended with an almost a PFF grade of 80 as far as his pass blocking. So, you know... There has to be a, a a big difference between you're not allowed to ever make mistakes or have bad days, and okay, that's your one. Don't freaking ever do that again. Because statistically, I don't know if he's ever had a game that bad. I mean, grade wise, he did. Let's see, that's five pressures, including a sack. Last year, he had four pressures: one sack, one hit, two hurries. So kind of similar. That was against the Jets last year, and he had a 33 run blocking grade in that game. So that was. Uh, not quite as bad, but it was right there. I mean, he was, he was one hurry short and had a worse day against the run. But he still ended the year as one of the best run blo- or pass blockers in football. And, and look, if it was easy to just dump everybody and build a, rebuild a new offensive line overnight, then fine. Screw it. Let's just see if we can find something else. And I'm not, I'm not against trying to find somebody to see if we can get an eventual replacement. But, I mean, we could go next year and draft two interior offensive guys and have none of them pan out just like sean ryan that doesn't even include the fact that we need tackles uh at least one tackle and that's assuming we're going to take one swing and then none others and just hope and pray that that one pans out because if it doesn't we don't have a plan b and that of course neglects everything else that we need so i'm i'm with you insofar as saying that was freaking unacceptable and runyon and myers in particular need to step it up because i you know they, they were always on the fence because it's like, I can't get rid of you because you're too good of a pass blocker and that's too important. But if that ever drops off, you're done because you suck as a run blocker. This is now, so Runyon has had one game in the 70s and it was a 71. But he's only had one bad game and it was this past week. So it's, it's been right there teetering on the fence. Right now he has a 63 pass blocking grade and a 46 run blocking grade. Last year it was 77 and 53. So he's got to wake up because... That that was trash. And Myers, I mean, I mean, you know, for his standard, it's not good enough. But I mean, it was sixty-five run blocking, sixty-three pass blocking. He did give up a sack, which makes it look worse. But it was just two pressures on the day, and given everything else, it makes it look so much worse. Plus, it's the Lions' interior offense or defensive line, which makes it the worst thing ever. Like, how in the world does that happen? Uh, I don't know. But um, no, I I. I I desperately want these guys to get better because we we can't afford to lose them. We can't. We're not going to get a left tackle and a center and a guard, and they're all going to pan out and be good. And safeties and, you know, a running back and, you know, maybe a corner. Probably should use another defensive tackle, maybe get one that can stop the run. That's just, it's not going to happen. And, and then you figure in the draft, maybe if it's a good draft, you get like two of them that are good players. We can't afford to lose two. Like, they, they just, they have to be better, period. We can't lose them. Please, I'm begging you, play good. Stop this. Don't regress. Hang in there. Come on, bud. But, yeah, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe next year we just kind of do what we've done with some other positions and we just hammer offensive line because it's too freaking important. Let's just stay in the trenches. Screw safety. Screw everything else. Offensive and defensive line, and that's it. Free agency in the draft, and that's all. We hammer it and just get it fixed. I don't know, man. I don't know. I do appreciate the call, though, man. I hope uh, hope you call back. I know you're frustrated, but it's good to hear from you. What's going on, Ryan? Chris from Alabama. Hey. I don't even have a voice, man. I've, I've been cutting the TV, hollering at the TV. But I just wanted to call in after the game. Man, that, that, that was terrible, man. 
the only credit I give them that they didn't lay all the way down and they actually came out in the second half and they tried to fight their way back. It was just too big of a hole to right. try to fight back. This offensive line, you're going to have to do something about this offensive line. It's terrible. We ain't going to have Batiari for the rest of the year. We ain't going to have Elton Jenkins for a while. I don't know what we need to do, but we need to do something. I don't know we can – I don't want to trade no assets or no silly stuff like that, but we need to be trying to find somebody that can block or shuffle something around or something. But to be honest, the whole offensive line, all right. five was just garbage. But right. that left side, Boyce and Rashid, man, they were terrible. 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 They got it going a little bit in the second half, but it was just terrible, man. I mean, Jordan Love's completion percentage went up. It it, it went up a little bit. I, I think it was like 64%. Well, it was 23 for 36, 246. Yeah, that's around 64%, something yeah. like that. But I can't hardly talk, man. This game pissed me off. But I do like the fact that they did try to fight their way back in it, but this is unacceptable, man. That 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 is unacceptable. I understand it's a young team. I understand that there's going to be some growing pains. I understand all that. But to come out and play like you played in that first half is just unfreaking acceptable, man. Yep. We can't keep going on like this. Or this is going to be a very long season, and we're going to be – Losing a lot of these games, man. We can't keep starting off poorly like this. Right. We're going to lose a lot of this game. This run defense, my God. I don't know what we're going to do about it, but something has to be done. 211 yards on the ground. Come on, man. Yep. That's the veteran group. Y'all got to get it together. I don't know if it's a D coordinator. I don't know if it's those players. I don't know what it is. But whatever the hell it is, y'all need to Y'all need to f***ing fix it. I, I, I'm gone, man. I'm just pissed off, man. Go, Pat, go. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, appreciate the call, Chris. Yeah, I... I uh, look, I, 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 if I could place a bet for new defensive coordinator next year, I would place a lot of money down that we would be replacing Joe Barry. And that has nothing to do with who is to blame. Because at the end of the day... Even if it's not Joe Barry's fault, it's not going to matter. It's just not. This is unacceptable, and the team has to do something. And the team, I think, will do something. It, it's not going to... I mean, even if Matt LaFleur looks at the tape and says, this is not the defensive coordinator, I just have to assume Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst are going to come in and say, you know, I know this is your thing, but we're going to take it out of your hands because, I mean, th this we're, we're not going to let this happen anymore. Um now, maybe they bounce back, but let's be honest. Does anybody actually expect that? And, and listen, this, this I'm not saying this is the defense's fault, but, you know, it, the offense, the, the bottom line is you get leeway. When, when Joe Barry got hired, it wasn't a very good defensive outing, but he got a second chance, and it still wasn't a very good defensive outing, and then he got a third chance. This is chance number one for the offense, for Jordan Love and the wide receivers and all that stuff. That's also why I'm talking so much about Myers and Runyon as opposed to Royce well not really because opposed to Royce because Royce doesn't matter he's he's a backup that you know if they can get rid of him they will but the reason that those two stand out for me is because this is kind of a prove it year for both of them like this is this is year three you you have to show that you can do it prove that you're the guy please and after a while you just you, you cut your losses you know Dylan same thing you know and I I thought he was more than safe I mean he's good to go just hang in there and and you know the the, the prove it year he's imploding and again I know the offensive line is causing a lot of these problems but that's the thing I mean it's it's kind of similar for Dylan not gonna matter at the end of the day this either gets fixed immediately or they will find a new defensive coordinator I don't care how much Matt Lafleur likes his buddy Joe doesn't matter how much he's he's getting pissed at the players not doing what they're being asked to do. It's just, at, at the end of the day, the defensive coordinator is going to be thrown under the bus, period. Whether that's right or wrong is irrelevant. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. I uh, When you look back at the game, 
that there were a lot of positive. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Love. I didn't even really notice that was 64% completion percentage is fantastic. Considering he started, what, one for seven for like a yard? <laughs> he ended 36 of, of, or excuse me, 23 of 36, 246 yards, a touchdown, two picks, but PFF gave him two big time throws, which was 5.1%, which is really high and zero turnover-worthy plays. They didn't blame him for one of those picks. I can't even remember what the first one was. I honestly... Was that was that off the uh, the tip? Was that a tip pass? And then the, the the other one was when Romeo Dobbs turned and ran right as, as Jordan threw it, so they didn't blame him for that one either. So, I mean, really, you know, not not to sit here and be all rosy about it, but let's let's take a half a step back. Jordan Love just checked a box. He actually checked two big boxes. Now, he graded terribly under pressure, but it doesn't really matter because he handled himself well under pressure. He was able to continue to fight while being blitzed constantly. And while he was kept clean, he had an 85 PFF grade, 82.5. We'll get into all that stuff tomorrow. But, I mean, Jordan took a step and we didn't even see it because we couldn't see it because he was under constant duress and nobody was open and the offensive line was collapsing. But this was his best game this year. (laughs) As weird as that sounds. And it was funny because I mentioned that he had his highest PFF grade and and people are like, man, PFF is stupid. But when you look at it from that standpoint, you can see it. Aaron Jones didn't get the ball and that sucks. Part of it is we didn't really have the ball very much. Part of it was a game plan. And, And again, this is what I've said before and I know nobody cares. You come into this with a game plan and the game plan in my, I mean, from, from a macro standpoint, I don't know on a, on a more micro you know what exactly the the game plan was but big picture you're coming into this game as a team that cannot run block to save your life a team that's looking really good passing the ball and um so you come out and you say we're gonna we're gonna pass the ball now of course we're gonna run sometimes but that's how we're gonna win we're gonna pass jordan's got protection it's a bad defense we're gonna throw it all over the yard it's gonna be great Plus, we want to force them to throw, so we don't want to play this running back, back and forth game, because we can't stop the run. We want them to pass. When we're passing and when our opponent is passing is when the Green Bay Packers are at their best. That's the game plan. So yeah, we came out throwing. Now, bad decision, apparently. But but then the other thing is, well, then you have to adapt. But here's the thing. If adapt means throw your entire game plan that you spent a week building in the garbage and try to build one on the fly... You know, I'm just saying, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, especially when, again, you're staring into an eight-man box, and you're like, you know what, screw it, we went three and out twice, stop passing, take Aaron Jones, who's still injured, and smash him into an eight-man box and see how that pans out for us. A team that cannot run block to save their lives is going to try to block against the numbers to see if that can get us going. Now, again, you're you're probably right that we should have done it, but I'm just saying... It's very understandable why they came into this game saying we got to throw. It's very understandable to see why they didn't necessarily adapt. Because, uh, to be honest, we weren't going to win sustainably that way anyways. We needed to be able to win passing the ball. The bottom line is, the freaking offensive line just needed to block. Period. It was it was right there for the taking. They're like, I dare you to throw. And we're like, freaking okay. Jordan's been slinging it all over the yard. We got receivers that can get open. Sack, pressure, sack, 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 sack. The offensive line just crapped the bed. Now, what do we do? Contingency plans going forward? I don't know, because again, we could take Aaron Jones and run him into that box. And yes, we, he had a good run that one time, and I'm sure he could have had a couple others. He's a he's an unbelievable guy in terms of making the impossible possible, but not sustainably. He's not going to run the ball 25 times in that game to save us. Should he have run it more? Yes. Should we have run the ball more in hindsight? Probably. But you can understand from a coach's standpoint to sit there and look at it and go, our plan was to throw. The Lions are begging us to throw. This is freaking perfect. And then your great pass-blocking offensive line gives up a sack, and you're like, well, that sucked. But I know they're good, and they won't do that next time. Well, that sucked. But I know they're good, and they won't do that next time. And then nobody's getting open. Well, okay, now that sucks a little bit. But, I mean, this is we're just in a funk, and we'll figure it out. Like, I gotta drop a better play, and then they gotta block, and, like, it's gonna be fine. And it just was never fine. And then you're down, and it's like, I don't know, give it to Aaron. And then Aaron runs for seven yards, and you're like, freaking of course he does. Of course he does. That doesn't make any sense. I'm living in a freaking crazy universe right now. That doesn't make sense. But okay, let's run it at an eight-man box all day long. A team that can't run. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. Run the damn ball. Except they didn't say that. But I'm just saying that's how it would have felt if they actually did commit to the run at, at some point, which they never did. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Look, we... If we take a step back, 
I don't know what we do about the left side of the offensive line, but there's no reason to believe Myers is going to do that again. There's no reason to believe Runyon's going to do that again. And Zach Tom, I think, gave up the most pressures in this game. There's no reason at all to believe that he's going to do that. And you're like, well, it was Aiden Hutchinson. I get that, but he played a guy like Aiden last week. Yeah, Zach Tom gave up six pressures. He didn't give up any sacks, so it didn't look as bad, but he gave up six pressures, which is more than everybody else. Runyon, five. Newman, five. I can't believe 22 pressures. Uh, Rasheed Walker, four. Josh Myers, two. It's a lot of pressures. Zach Tom had an 84 run blocking grade and a 59 pass. I mean, listen, this was just kind of a fluke. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend this is a great football team. Maybe it's not. Maybe we're a bad team and we're going to pick in the top 10 or like 11th or 12th or somewhere in that range and it's going to kind of suck. And we're battling for second place. I don't know. Whatever. We have the offensive line to get it done. As long as Aaron Jones is back and we we can semi-commit to him and not come into a game just saying, you know what, we can't run blocks, so let's just abandon Aaron Jones, who's the best player on our offense right now, which is the reality. And Jordan continues to take a step, which he did, right? The completions went up, which is something I said I'm, I'm begging for. And although he graded terribly under pressure, he showed the ability to play under pressure. He didn't completely crumble, so I thought that that was great. The defense, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, I don't think the defense gets better. I don't really have any expectations for the defense. I kind of have individual goals for guys. Like I want Quay to kind of level out and Savage is kind of mediocre. And if he can hang out there, I'm, I'm happy about it. And Brooks and Wooden have been showing up. So if they can keep showing and Kenny has been a freaking monster. I heard somebody say that the entire plan for the defense was just eliminate Kenny, which is smart because the last two games, Kenny was a freaking game wrecker. Rashawn is still a madman. But he's like the only one-man wrecking crew on this team right now, which is a little frustrating. You know, we got to get Jair back, and Razul's got to tighten it up or whatever. But, you know, I don't really have any faith in the defense being a top freaking, I don't know, top 10 almost feels stupid to say. I, I don't trust they're going to be a top 10 defense this year. And I, I don't expect any kind of big push into the playoffs. But we need to start re... You know, I think we got a little overhyped. Things were solid, and we realized if we could beat Detroit, man, maybe we can do something special. And I said that, and maybe part of this is my fault. But um, I don't want to spiral the other direction either, you know, in terms of like everything's over and we got to get rid of Runyon. We got to get rid of uh, everybody. We should fire Matt LaFleur, which I'm seeing a ton of because he's soft and he's a he's a weakling sissy and he can't run a team and Joe Barry should be fired and, you know, Gutekunst and Murphy and the gold package members should all be sent to the stadium and then blow up the stadium and just close the franchise down. And it's like, dude, okay. <laughs> It's a 14-point loss. I know that's not great, but it wasn't like 70 to 10 or whatever the freaking Broncos game was, okay? There have been massive blowouts throughout the NFL, and we didn't just witness one in that game, okay? 14 points, is, is a, it's a spanking, but I'll call it a... Well, I can't say that. People get mad at me. <laughs> it, it's not the worst kind of spanking. Let's leave it at that. Uh, why don't we take a quick break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddies where you can support the podcast, although I doubt that's the top of your mind right now, but if you want to, you can. Uh, Venmo is Packernet Podcast. I want to click over there real quick because I think somebody hooked me up. Yeah, shout out once again to Emilio P- uh, Petricola. I know you hit me up uh, five days ago and then again yesterday, so really appreciate that. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. That kind of sucked a lot. <clears throat> but it didn't really feel like the Packers gave up until the end. And, uh, well, I'm not, like, as upset as I was with, like, the Falcons game. Same. Right now, I can't think of a whole lot of uh, positives to come out from this, but the Lions, they always bring their A game when they play the Packers, and so... Unfortunately. <laughs> I really was hoping that was going to work in our favor, right? Because the Lions always play as tough. The Lions are always one of our toughest games. I don't know why. Um, you know, people have mentioned that it's it's the more tough, physical, punch you in the mouth teams that we struggle against, and maybe there's something to that. I don't really know. But I was hoping that um, you know, because they didn't really have a lot of tape on us, and we had a bunch of tape on them, that at least once or maybe twice this year we could kind of take advantage of them. But no, not at all. They 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 basically just read our entire playbook and beat the crap out of us with it. They, they always feel like they have a little extra fire underneath them. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of apathetic at the moment. Uh, positive. Uh, Love seemed to improve his deep accuracy a little bit in the second half. Uh, Packers scored 20 points. That's fun. There was an interception. That was cool. Yeah, that's about it. I might be a little bit more positive in the morning. Bye. Yeah, on uh, deep passes, he did improve. He had a 74 PFF grade. He completed two of three for 79 yards, one big-time throw. So, yeah. Some positives there for Jordan Love, that's for sure. I mean, not, not elite, but it's a step, and it's it's the mo- it's the important steps that at least I've been asking for. Not to say that that's going to happen forever, but it's like I need to see it. I got to at least see it once. And now that I've seen it, it's like okay, it's there. He's done it. It's happened. Now let's now let's work on consistency, right? You did it once. Now let's see if you can do it twice. Kind of just step by step little process here. Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm never wearing a long sleeve shirt under my jersey again. You bastard. That didn't work. <laughs> I think maybe that's the problem. Like, Sounds like it. I apologize. I think this one's on me. I think I had too much, you know, fabric between my jersey and my heart. Yep. And I think that might have been the issue with the game. Um, aside from that, I was just curious. Can, can't they do like a pooch kick instead of an onside kick? and, like, kick it way high up in the air. And isn't it a live ball at that point? And can't they just, like, get under it and try to catch it? Or is the fair catch kick rule, like, make that not possible at this point? Anyway, uh, it was a interesting game. What are you going to do, man? They don't have an offensive line. So the kid played with some heart. Uh, that last interception wasn't his fault at all. Just uh, seemed like they explained it pretty well that Dobbs broke off the route and not blaming him either. It's just one of those communication things. Yep. So, uh, you know, this is this is to be expected in this season. So, hey, next week we get to face off against Devontae. Ooh, and my dog is so excited about that. I'm going to let you go and goodbye. Yeah, I have no idea about the fair catch thing, and honestly, I'm I'm not going to bother looking it up. Um, I'm sure they do it the way they do it for a reason. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes there are just those plays where you look at it and you want to be mad at somebody, but, I mean, it was it looked like it was essentially a scramble drill, and Dobbs was coming down, and then he broke up and was ready to try to get a touchdown, and he thought he was going to get one, but the only reason the guys, you know, the defenders came back down is because he threw the ball and it was about to be picked. But, yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, Dobbs is out there just trying to make a play, and Jordan was trying to hit him right. I mean, it just came out of his hand just as, as Romeo was turning and, heading up toward the end zone so i mean it's just you know every everybody wants to kick and scream and oh you idiot and he did this and who's you know i want to know whose head is going to be on the chopping block for this one it's like yeah it's just one of those things dude you know and it's one of those things that happened on one of those games where you just look at it and go i don't know i just it just is what it is nothing you can do about it i guess hey ryan steve how you doing good how are you uh well actually i should know how you're doing because last well you'll hear it'll be days after we'll do it felt better by then um at the moment, I am dealing with the, the immediate aftermath of, of the game. You know, I see positives, I see negatives, I see things we can build on because I'm trying to stay in the frame of mind that says this is a experimental year where we can see what happens and we can do some things. Um, one thing that I think that's pretty glaringly obvious is we need to do some serious things about the uh, the offensive line. I think there was three or four plays where I was really kind of wondering if it was just a race to see who get to to Jordan Love first, the the defensive line or the offensive line, because they seemed to be running backwards as fast as the defense could run forward. But um, you know, all in all, you know, we 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 just got to like work on what we got in front of us. We we really got to do something about the running game. That was that was anemic. There was there was absolutely no life to the running game. I know people say, "Oh, well, we got down by so far," and that that doesn't excuse what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I, you know, I, I just the the whole run defense. You know, I, I know all the excitement. We were, you know, we got to be able to attack and attack and attack, but you got to be able to get to a guy coming at you on the ground, you know, the body blow, you know, I mentioned it in in an earlier one. If we're going to have people throwing body punches at us, we got to be able to stop the body punch and protect our head at the same time. That's part of it. One side comes down. It's it's, it's boxing. This is, this is part of what the coaches are doing. Um, so, but yeah, I think Love had some some highs and some lows. I like some of what he did. I think there was a lot of plays earlier where it wasn't the offensive line's fault. He he, the clock in his head should have said, "I need to get out of the pocket and I need to stretch the play and be prepared to throw it away." And he didn't. I think like two of his sacks were were really just him not getting out of the pocket when he should have gotten out of the pocket. Um, so we'll we'll see it again. We'll see how it goes. And. Uh, Quay Walker made his first big, big blundery mistake of the year. Um, hopefully this is the only kind of mistake he makes. No more roughing up other people. So hopefully everybody heard me. I feel like I'm mumbling a little bit here, but go pack. Long week. Let's do it. Yeah. And again, I just, I, th- I think it is what it is. You know, we mentioned we got to do something on offense, I, I, offensive line. I don't think there's anything to do. You know what I mean? Like you can cut people out of anger and then we get worse. Um, you can bring up Runyon if or, or uh, Sean Ryan if we think that that's going to help. I mean, it couldn't hurt to try him. Somebody had made the point about you know, you know, somebody was talking about well, don't you think if he would was better they would have called him up already? And it's like, well, have the Packers ever made bad decisions about hanging on to a guy that shouldn't have been there too long? Like, well, when you put it that way, yeah, maybe maybe we should give Sean Ryan a shot. But I, I certainly wouldn't have high expectations, and I don't think that there's anybody out in free agency that we should expect to come in and learn to play along the Packers' offensive line immediately and just immediately fix everything. I think it just is what it is. And again, I, I just I, I think we got to accept that this was just a bad day and an anomaly is maybe a better way to put it. You know, same with Jair. Like, Jair had, Jair had a bad day. And half the fan base wants him, like, cut from the team. Oh, he's trash anyways. Who cares if he's if he comes back from injury? Are you freaking kidding me? He had a bad day. I mean, we, we, we got to at least get past that. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm doing here. We, I mean, we're not having serious conversations. I mean, 
when we did de we determine somebody is good or bad after a, a long time jair has proven already to be a very good football player if we're gonna completely throw him under the bus because of one game i mean come on i'm not i'm not picking on you steve i'm just saying like in, in general i know we're ticked off but again, coming into this, this is one of the best pass-blocking lines, and I feel like we're conflating the fact that the run blocking has been terrible. And we've been saying for a long time, like, this blocking is terrible, the blocking is terrible, this blocking is terrible. And then there was a bunch of pressures, and it's like, this offensive line is terrible. It's like, no, 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 no. The run blocking is terrible. The pass blocking had a bad day. But aside from the fact that Royce is something to be scared of, I think there's reason, a reasonable expectation that this will massively improve. Now, it's still a concern as to why this happened, and hopefully they can learn a lot from it, and hopefully that this isn't something that the Lions just figured out about our offensive line, some kind of major friggin' weakness. But again, if, if what... I wanted to save this for tomorrow, but here's just something to reflect on without diving into it. What are the things that we know 100,000% based on not just last week, but based on all the data that we have what are the things that are terrible and need to be fixed? And then from a more, I guess, different stand, the opposite standpoint, positive or negative, depending on how you want to look at it, who do we know is the guy? Not going to get into it right now, but that, that's really the question. Who do we put in the category of, all right, this guy's locked in? He, 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 not to say he's never going to have bad days, but he's locked in. He's the guy. And over here is, he's got to go. Not today. We don't have a, a plan for him, but he needs to be replaced. It's got to happen, right? Let's just say Royce. Hate to say it, but I mean, it's just, it's a freaking disaster at this point. If he wants to prove the world wrong, congratulations. I don't really give a crap. I'm not even going to apologize at this point, considering how bad it's been. But then in between are the I don't knows. And, and from there, it's just a matter of, of figuring it out, right? But, but again, Runyon and Myers and Rashid and Jordan and Dylan and Wooden, and Clark, and Wyatt, and Quay. These guys aren't bad football players. At least they haven't, we haven't learned definitively that they're bad football players. They're guys that have had bad days. They're guys that need more consistency. They're guys that need um, bet more good days, better days, whatever it is. But there aren't too many guys on this team that I look at that are like, I just don't want them here anymore. I'm trying to think if there's anybody actually aside from Royce, and I really can't think of anybody. I'm kind of there with Josiah, which is depressing, but I'm, I'm, I might be there. Not there with Savage. It's not great. And th this isn't me saying, like, would it be nice to upgrade them is a different question than you are a liability and need to be off the field. You know? So, again, I just don't want to take it too far and say all these guys on the offensive line are liabilities in pass blocking. We know that because they've had one bad game. Well, Ryan, this is A.A. Ron from hey. Eau Claire. And, um... I got to say that was a that was not a fun game to watch. Um, I uh, I kind of had a feeling that Detroit would would play us tough, and um, so I wasn't necessarily all that surprised. And I think um, some of the inconsistencies with our team that have been um, showing up, despite the two and one record, kind of uh, came to to bite us today and much like the the Vikings last season had a lot of lucky uh lucky streaks um I think you know despite some of the inconsistencies of our team's last few games um you know we've had a a decent record and uh today I think that it just kind of got exposed and um, I, I think honestly, the Lions, if you just think about where they are, like Jared Goff is a much more seasoned quarterback. Sure. They have, um, more time under their belt with him at the helm and with some of their playmakers, whereas Jordan Love is his first year. Um, and so I think, um, it, it makes a lot of sense that the, the Lions would have a, an advantage against this team, especially with a lot of the injuries that we've had. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm I'm not really um, all that surprised. Uh, it's still not fun to watch. Um, about halftime, I went and did a deep clean in my my cat's litter box, and I got to say that was 
Um, I don't know if that was if that was more fun or less fun than watching the game, which says something. But um, but at the same time, um, I did like how Jordan Love made some great throws in the second half, and you know his demeanor is very appropriate. You know he he's not um, he's very steady, and I think he'll learn from this. So um, so I'm not losing any hope. I'm just just riding the wave. This team is young. It's, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, of, uh, growing pains and, you know, you have to fail if you want to get better. So, um, I mean, I'd rather watch this team get beat 20 to 34 more, rather than seeing Aaron Rodgers get beat 20 to 34 and feeling like that's unacceptable. So anyways. Yep. We're moving on. Moving on, moving on. I mean, bottom line, just we, we, we can't start that slow. We can't not play for the first half. And as long as we keep doing that, we're going to keep losing. If we can stop doing that, we win football games again. But a lot of that last game just needs to be thrown out, period. Just throw it in the garbage. Light it on fire. Moving on. Why don't we take one more break? We'll be right back. Ryan. Kyle from Madison. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Well... I think we all knew there was going to be games like this. I think my brother put it the best when he said, you know, it just hurts less when it's the Lions as opposed to if this was the Vikings or the Bears, I'd be genuinely upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, and he's right, but for some reason it just hurts less when it's the Lions. I don't know if it, we've just been beating up on them so much the last couple decades or what it is, but. Um, what are we going to do about that offensive line, man? <laughs> I, uh, I would love to get a better read on our young quarterback, but right now Jones and Love just like have no chance back there. I mean, they were able to get some things together there. And I do think the, the Walker penalty hurt. Although I'm sure it's going to be, I mean, that is not at all the same as what he did. I, I think I think they kind of tried to make that comparison during the broadcast, and I disagree with that. He's got to know that rule, but it wasn't the same thing. But man, we got to get this thing patched up because I just don't see how they can function as an offense with that level of pass blocking and that level of run blocking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Give Detroit credit. I think we're Detroit kind of like they were last year a little bit. Like you can tell Detroit's a little further ahead of us. Maybe we can catch up. But uh sure. oof, tough one. Hopefully they can get healthy more than anything. Alright, talk to you later. Yeah, I mean really Detroit's in what, year four of their experiment. So you would hope that they could win uh at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're all kind of just saying the same thing at this point, but the offensive line's got to be better, and the expectation is that it will be next week. And if it's not, then I don't know, man. Then I guess we're kind of screwed, and we need to take some serious swings at offensive line and just hope that the Packers can do Packer things and hit, you know, have an unusually high hit rate at offensive line. And um, I guess then on top of that, hope that those guys can stay healthy, unlike some of the other guys, Elton Jenkins, what the heck is going on? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Hello. Caller number five again, uh, post game this time. Um, just want to say, by the way, for anyone who's like super angry or upset, um, or whatever, uh, it's nice to live in a world where games no longer, you know, ruin my entire day. I think the last time I let a game ruin my day was the 2016 NFC Championship against the um, Falcons, and I just said, never again will I. I basically broke a hole in the wall. So ever since then, I've been a little more calm. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to call about something that Coach said in the post-game press conference. Um, So the, the question was asked, you've given up 200 yards in two of the four games. It posed an issue last year. Uh, how do you get that solidified, right? And he said, while looking down at first, he said, yeah, uh, we're going to have to do something different because it's insane to do the same things over and over again and expect something different. That is a good offensive line. They have good runners, but um, it's still inexcusable. 
you should be able to take away one phase away from if you want to stop the run and commit to that, then make them throw it over your head. That sounds like a shot um, right at the defensive either philosophy, scheme, or coaching. Uh, and I called in earlier about how much I hate watching our defense. Um, still do, even though we have some highlight players. I just hate the way they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like we give up way too many chunk yards. But that quote is going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. I don't think there's any news that's going to come out about somebody being fired. But um, if your best defense for why are we not firing this person, if your best defense is, Okay, yeah, that person's really bad at their job and they're not they're not good and we're not getting the results we want. But who else is there to do it? If that's your best defense, I'm sorry that's not a defense to me. Um like No, it's not. Try something else cuz as he said there, it's insane to continue to do it over and over again. Anyway, I hope you're having a a good night and uh yeah. The uh, I'm looking forward to the podcast. Bye. Yeah, I'm sure he meant it from a collaborative, you know, Matt and Joe and the and the boys need to sit down and figure out a different game plan. But, you know, and, and I don't believe this is the first time. Maybe I'm thinking back to Petten, but um, when we had Matt kind of step in and start taking things over for the defense, um, the heck was that? I don't know. I don't know. But it, I, I do think that that probably has something to do with it because, you know, Matt is the head coach. He's not the offensive coordinator. So he is the one ultimately responsible for the defense. And so he's going to have to sit down with Joe and say, this, this ain't working, dude. We got to figure something else out. We have to do just something different. And although Matt's main expertise is not defense, to some degree, they all understand offense and defense because you can't be an offensive guy without understanding defense and vice versa. So Matt should be able to sort of self-scout this thing and say, look, Here's what we're doing, right? From an offensive standpoint, I could kick the crap out of this. Or at the very least, you know, here's the weaknesses that I see. How can we fix that? I don't know, but but that that's sort of what I was thinking. And, and yes, it is still a shot at Joe either way. He said we, because again, you got to take some level of accountability as the head coach, but there's no doubt if, if you're saying that. Because generally, I, I believe the way that these work is, you know, there seems to be somewhat of a code of you don't, step on other people's toes, right? Brian Gutekunst says that's a Matt LaFleur job. He gets to do his job. Matt says that's Gutekunst's job. I'm not going to tell him what to do. Nobody tells anybody else how to do their job. And so I think it would be inappropriate, generally speaking, for Matt to come in and, and try to dictate to Joe Barry how to do his job. But I think we may have crossed that line a little bit in terms of Matt maybe needing to spend a little bit more time working this out. And yes, by saying that in front of the media, that is a little bit of a shot across the bow. Even if it was unintentional, there's no other way to take it. Because even if he's even if he's talking about personnel, like we got to change some stuff up, which he's not, because there's nobody else that you're going to bring up to fix this. It's still a Joe Barry thing. It's still me coming in and you know moving around your pieces and saying, no, I'm going to move him out here and him over here, and this is what we're going to do now. But no, I, I expect there to be no firings this year. I mean, unless things get unbelievably bad. But even then, I mean, it's mostly just a show of, um, you know, if, if things do get really bad, there might be a really early firing, like as soon as the season ends, like Joe's gone because you want to get the first crack at that defensive guy or whatever. Um, but at the same time, there's probably going to be you're probably going to want to hire someone from a playoff team, so there's not going to be that massive of an, of an emergency. But I, I don't see any reason for there to be a... I, I, well, l- let me say this. The only reason that you would fire Joe Barry midseason is we want to try somebody else out. Now, it's still, a, it's still a thing that I absolutely have no expectation that the Packers would do, but it would give them an opportunity to, you know, say they wanted to try out Jerry Montgomery or something. I have no idea who it would be. They want to see what he would look like as a defensive coordinator. They can take four, five, six weeks to see what that looks like before they decide to move in a new direction. Now, I don't know, but I don't think that there's a lot of people inside Green Bay right now that I personally would be excited about going up to that defensive coordinator spot. I know some people are excited about Jerry Gray. I think there was a period of time where I kind of was into it, but I don't think that that's the case anymore. But he's not here anymore anyways, so it's it's kind of whatever. But I don't think that there's there's really nobody here in Green Bay that I, I think... Uh, 
I would be super excited about taking that spot. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm <clears throat> mad per se, but I am disappointed. Sure. Um, this team seems to get out to a slow start. Um, it is doing exactly what you had said. It would be inconsistent, and they have not fixed that inconsistency. Um, there's flashes, but there's not consistency. And play calling last night, having Aaron Jones, if he was on pitch count, why wasn't Patrick Taylor running the ball more? Because five, five rushes isn't going to get a job done. That's just putting love in a position that nobody should be put in. Yeah, I don't think that was right of the coaches to put love in that high of a pressure, especially when the pocket was collapsing as much as it was. Um, Dan Campbell has now, in my mind, become the playground bully that takes everybody's lunch money. Yeah. And Matt LaFleur is a nerdy French <laughs> foreign exchange student who thinks he's smarter than everybody else and just gets completely atomic wedgied by Dan Campbell every time they play. Um, it, it's disgusting. This team has the ability, and I know the injuries play a huge part in how they played, but for Pete's sake, uh, there's a lot of a lot of inconsistencies across the board when it comes to how that game turned out. So, Here's to a long break, everybody getting healthy and having more guys come back against the Raiders who are also dealing with some issues of their own, so maybe we can take advantage of it and then re regroup. So I'm out. Well, that, that was my immediate thought. I mean, it, everything about this feels like, you know how they will say, or maybe you've seen on TV or movies or whatever, in prison, if somebody says or does something to you, you have to handle it. If somebody makes a comment, if somebody comes over and takes some of your food, whatever it is, right? Some, somebody has, has done something to you. You have to go deal with it. You have to go and punch. It doesn't matter if that guy's going to kick the crap out of you. You have to get up, walk over there, and sock him right in the mouth. You have to do it. Because what's going to happen if you don't? Everybody's going to smell weakness. And it's going to happen again and again and again and again and again. And it kind of feels like that's what's happening. And when you look at that Detroit game, I think that's part of the thing that was so frustrating about it. I mean, when they went for it on that fourth down at the end of the game, like the game's over. Game's over. And they decided we're going to go for it on fourth down, and they converted. That was an FU. That was a, I'm going to punk you right in your own house. Which, by the way, is filled with Lions fans, because we own you. That, that was an Aaron Rodgers, I own you moment. The Lions came into Lambeau, filled our stands with blue, and smacked our offense and our defense all across the field and laughed as they did it. If you don't respond to that, you can expect this to happen over and over and over and over again. And again, it's like I've said before, it's not my job to defend you. You don't like being called soft? What do you want me to do? You're the one getting pushed around. What else am I supposed to call that team? Offensive line, defensive line, the trenches, that's, that's where strength is. If you're losing in the trenches, over and over and over. You're just getting pushed around at will. There is no other word. I'm not here to spin the narrative. I'm just reporting what, reporting what happened. And this is, this is very reminiscent of what happened when we had the joint practices against the Patriots. Patriots came out and they out-physicaled the Packers. And they're screaming fake tough guys over here in Green Bay. And you know what? They're right. They were allowed to scream that in your face. You're all fake. It's all talk over here. You don't know what tough is. Oh yeah, you got this big, bad, scary defense. You're all soft. They told you that to your face and you didn't do anything about it. So now what? This is what we do now? Somebody comes over and they, they punch you in the mouth and you hand them your sandwich? It's over? You just, here you go. Do they even need to hit us anymore or are you just gonna, you're just going to take it? Somebody just comes over and says, give me, your, give me your brownie or your cookie and you just hand it over. Is that what's going to happen next week? When they say move, are you just going to move? Is there going to be any fight whatsoever? Or is this team just filled with fake tough guys? Because that's the name that was given to you by another football team. And the Lions came in and just demonstrated that on national television in front of everybody. That the Green Bay Packers are filled with fake tough guys. So, the first thing that you need to do is the next time you bump into anybody, you need to knock him the f*** 
out. Period. That's the only way you respond to this. There's no other options. This poor bastard barely even did anything to you. Just accidentally bumped into you. Sucks to be that guy because that's what you gotta do now. Because you can't... And, and I've said this before. Even, you know, the NFL's moving more toward passing and, and coverage and all this kind of stuff. The NFL is always to some degree gonna have this DNA of trench warfare of, you know, big men winning in a physical contest. There's always going to be that little bit of an edge where the, these, these freaking tough guys getting into bar fights are the guys that end up excelling in this sport. And if you can't play on their level, you'll be able to beat some teams. You'll be able to outsmart and outmaneuver and outcraft some teams. I think that's, that's the real beauty of the 49ers as much as it makes me sick to say it. They are on the cutting edge of brilliant, beautiful offensive play. But they're also one of the toughest teams in the NFL. That's a heck of a combination. I don't know. We'll see. But it's got to be better than that. Because, I mean, bottom line is Dan Campbell and the Lions just spit in your face. So you'll have the opportunity to do it in their house soon. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.